Hey, this is Kara Guy coming in not live from New Hampshire, where a few days ago I saw some bears, and they like apples. I had a video of them eating an apple that I left on my, our deck. If you want to see that video, since I can't really post it on my website, you can contact me on the Contact Me page of my website, www.kaiguyshow.com, and I can send you the video. But I think we'll just start getting into the show. So today's show is going to be awesome. We're going to have a very famous guest on. Her name is Lori Van Dusen. She's been in some pretty big magazines like Forbes and Barron's. And um, I'm going to ask her about like what it's like to run her own business and the challenges of starting one. And believe it or not, Lori Van Dusen also saw bears. And you know what's even crazier? She's in Florida, which is in the southeast of the U.S. I didn't think there was bears down there. So I just find that so crazy. But now, let's get into the interview. Thanks, Kai, for having me today. Um... I am Lori Van Dusen, and I am the founder and CEO of a company called LBW Advisors, and we're located in New York State. Okay, um, so thank you, and when did you get into finance, and why? I got into finance in 1987, and I started in a place called Lehman Brothers in the World Trade Center in New York City. And my driving reason for getting into finance was my grandfather, who loved the stock market and loved to talk with me about investing when I was your age, probably even maybe a little younger. And so he mentored me and I was always curious about it and thought, well, I loved my grandfather very much, so I'd probably love this business if he did. So that's why I got into it. But he never was in my business. He was an entrepreneur, though. He started his own business. Okay. Where was he from? Well, he was first generation. His family was from Italy, um, but he was first generation here. And um, he started a business in upstate New York, and it, and it was a restaurant supply business. So all when you go into a restaurant and you're drinking out of a glass or eating off a plate or sitting on a bar stool, which I'm sure you don't do, um, all those things he sold. <laughs> Maybe you do. My kids sat on bar stools. So. Actually, I have sat on a bar stool before with my dad when I was eating dinner at a place here in Lincoln before. But let's not get into that. I wanted to ask you what you and your team at LVW Advisors do. And it's it's a it's very similar to um, what you're familiar with. So I think your father might be in the advice business, right? Gives people advice and tells them what to do. Yes around markets and financial things. And that's what, what we do too. Um, and we do, uh, you know what an ecosystem is? Yes, I do. Okay. So I use that term to say that we give people advice across their own personal ecosystems. 
So around their money matters, around their children, around where they want to give money to, if they um, have, do you know what philanthropy is? Like giving? Okay, so they might want to give. Like, I know your mom is an educator, right? And so maybe there are people like me who want to donate money um, to something like that. So, so our customers or clients have all these different activities and we kind of manage them all um, for them and give them advice around the markets, but also around whatever they're trying to do financially and sometimes otherwise. Okay, I think I understand. So um, around how many people or customers does your business have? And are they mostly people or businesses? That's a great question, too. Our, our business advises clients, we call them, but that's like customers, and their um, organizations like colleges and universities and um, educational kind of institutions for higher learning and then some secondary education and not-for-profits. Do you know what a not-for-profit is? Yes. So we advise about 25 of those. And then we have, I, I'm not sure exactly, but I would say 45 families. We probably have more than that, but we have 45 pretty good-sized families that we advise on their, um, around their financial ecosystem. And um, so what have been some of your best and worst days business-wise? <laughs> Being the people or the person to help someone have peace of mind, help them sell a business or manage their money, those are always the best days. Solving problems are always, for me, the most fun and my best days. Um, Helping a not-for-profit raise money or make money, those things are all rewarding because they mean that that organization can go and do more good because we're helping them. So those are always my best days when people say, wow, we couldn't have done this without your help or advice. I always try to embrace the worst days because I think that they're trying to teach those days and experiences are trying to teach me something in the future, you know, for in the future so that I can navigate something better or solve a problem better. So, um, you, you are one of uh, very few women in this field. Do you face any challenges due to this? Uh, yes. I, I've been one of very few women for a long time. And I would have thought by this stage, having started in 1987, there would be a lot more women doing what I'm doing at the higher levels of finance. And I think that that must speak to something. So I think that it's, The challenges, when I first started, I was very young, and I was one of three people, three women in my training program. Everybody else was male, and uh, so I was unusual, and because of that, I felt that I was maybe held to, you know what what it means to say held to a higher standard, or I was made to jump higher and prove things more. But in the end, back to my earlier comments, I think that just made me more confident and better at what I do now. So sometimes you have to embrace people's um, short-sightedness or 
discrimination or just lack of understanding. And sometimes you have to just teach them that you're more like them and you're different. Okay. So um, is your family involved in your business in any way? <laughs> That's a very good question too. Well, um, I never set out to have my family involved in any way, shape or form because I grew up in a family business and I saw some of the tensions around that. But as a matter of fact, my mother, who's in her 80s, has been working for me. Alice is her name. She's been working for me for many, many years. I wouldn't even really call it working for me, but she kind of runs the office and does travel. She greets people when they come in. Um, she's been a great, great asset and um, oh, she's a lovely human being. And then my son, one of my sons, I have two, is now in the business. And he went first after he graduated and worked for a company called Bloomberg um, in the New York City area. And then he came and started working for me. But he, he works alongside all the other team members and some of them have much more experience. So he's doing a good job too. Uh, do you and um, do you feel like you have more women clients because you're a woman? No, I don't, which I think is interesting. Um, I think it's starting to be more important as more women wealth gets, there's a great transfer of wealth going on where women um, are successful and business owners. So I think in some ways that's been an advantage more recently. But I would say in the early parts of my career, I started in the institutional business, which just means colleges, universities, advising those kinds of clients. And then I just naturally gravitated to business owners because I was raised by one and I am one and it didn't matter if they were male or female. I just connected with them. But now I feel kind of kindred with a lot of women business owners and there are more and more business owners and more women of influence. And so I would say more recently, we are, um, we are attracting women, more women clients, but it's been more recent. It hasn't been historically um, the way we've you know, grown. Thank you. So, um... Now on to more like less of the business topic and more of the, well, topic of other things that I've talked about in previous episodes. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so I heard that you saw a bear in Florida. No, I did see a bear. I, I, well, here's what happened. I, I was sleeping and I woke up to a lot of rustling in the bushes, like a lot of noise. And it sounded like something with a big body. And I thought, at first I thought it was an alligator. And of course I wasn't gonna go outside and check because I, I live on the water, on a body of water and alligators are in there. So I thought, well, maybe why is there an alligator there? I don't know, but I was bolt upright in my bed listening to it. And I looked out the window and I saw a bear. And you know, what was, kind of coincidental about that is it was trash day the next day. So I think the bear might've been looking for some trash 
And there are, I thought I was losing my mind or dreaming or something. So I had to Google it. And apparently there are a lot of Florida black bears and they've had a resurgence. And I heard that you saw bears. Yes, I've seen a few bears up here in New Hampshire. Were you scared or were you, what, how would you well, describe it? The first time I saw a bear, it was kind of scary, but not really because we weren't really alerted by seeing the bears. We were alerted by Douglas, who's our dog. Oh. Going crazy. Douglas was barking. Did he want to get out there with bears? I think he just wanted them off of his territory. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> So, yeah, I've seen some, and you're in the Naples, Florida area, right? I am. I'm a little north of Naples, Florida. Well, that where there area- are a lot of there are a lot of there are a lot of bears, alligators, and um, there's also Florida panthers, big cats, and then there are the big cats that people keep in their houses and let out <laughs> that are pets. I think there's some of that going on here too. <laughs> Well, um, I was going to tell you that the that bears in Florida from 2002 to 2014, their population rose by 53% in those 12 years. Wow. And what do we attribute that to? Why do you think that's happening? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know either because there seems to be a lot of development around here and not a lot of land, but, um, but I'm in, you know, Naples area is Southwest Florida. So you and I wouldn't maybe think there would be bears, but that's interesting. And when I Googled it, I kind of saw it. I didn't see that statistic, but I saw that they were very prevalent. So I guess I probably shouldn't be wandering around in my backyard at night between the alligators and the bears. Yeah. <laughs> so I also was wondering if you knew about citrus greening. Citrus, say the, are you cut out? Greening? No, tell me about it. Well, citrus greening or fallon bean is a, basically a disease that's coming from China except from trees. Oh, okay. And it's mostly spread by insects, and it's making a lot of citruses, probably tell by the name, bitter. Well, you know what I've noticed, Kai? That's interesting, because I've noticed the Florida orange juice that's fresh squeezed is not as sweet this year. So that's super interesting. You just taught me something. I bet that's why. Wow. That's a great tidbit. Thank you. You're welcome. And to end this, I think I'm going to ask if you have any, like, I know this might sound silly, but do you have any financial suggestions for kids? Well, yeah, I think kids should start early to learn about finance and investing. And there are a lot of tools now that there weren't before on the internet there's actually tools for kids 
So if you wanted to learn about investing and saving money so it grows over time, there's a lot of lot of things out there that are accessible to kids now that never never were. So it's pretty easy. And I think um, kids, if if their parents are interested in finance, should start asking their parents early and get involved early, and maybe get a little pool of money and start learning about investing. You know, start trying to do it yourself through your parents. And that, mm-hmm. then you can, when you finally, you know, get older and you have maybe a little bit more significant money, you'll kind of know a little bit about it. And also you'll start saving early, which is always a good thing. If everybody started saving when they were, you know, a little kid or thought about it, um, they would be in pretty good shape when they got to be my age. (laughs) Thank you for that great advice. So to all of you listeners out there, I think that we should take it from one of the best and start saving now. Thank you for joining me, Lori, in the podcast today. I hope to have you back season. Kai, thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm so glad I made the cut as a guest. I was very worried that you weren't going to have me on, but I'm so glad I could talk to you today. So, and good luck with your upcoming podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. And a special thanks to my Patreons who make this podcast possible. I want to make sure all of you will share this podcast with anyone who you think will like it. See you next time on The Kai Guy Show.